This podcast is brought to you by Zotes Sunflower Seeds, the number one flavored sunflower seeds on the planet. Visit Zotes.com. Now, welcome to the Accidental Experience with Mark Comer. Hi, and thanks for joining us on another edition of the Accidental Experience. I'm Mark Comer with Jimmy Boy, my good brother, my good friend, my good buddy who needs maybe a little bit of consoling this morning. Jimmy, how are you doing this fine Saturday morning? Hold on a second. So I'm reading Ouija board instructions. Okay, so that, okay. And then you do that, and then you can keep the curse going. Okay. Hey, I'm doing good. Um <laughs> Well, well, you have to be, you have to be feeling like at least you're going to go to a game seven. Yeah, but anytime I feel confident like that, it turns into uh, going home. You know, I don't know. It's it's weird because normally I still feel like we have no chance, but I just I just think that somehow, and I, I might be so wrong. And Kershaw might give up 14 runs today, but. I think there's going to be a game seven and then there's going to be a game one in Cleveland. So I don't know. I just, I believe in curses. So there you, you are, go. You are a very uh, uh, superstitious guy. And so you think that this curse that has happened, uh, that, that the Red Sox kind of had their own curse, but probably not to the extent of the, the well, I guess they, they, they had a pretty major curse. Well, Red Sox would get it. to the World Series before they blew it. Chicago doesn't even get to the World Series. They haven't even been to the World Series. So that their curse is a non-World Series curse. Okay. You know, the Red Sox got there, you know, of course, with Carlton Fisk. That was the World Series. And they got there on the when Billy Buckner, uh-huh. you know, let the ball go through. So, yeah, I don't – it's very weird, my feeling that I've got right now, that um, – well, here's a fun story. It's not funny. It's just fun. <laughs> Yesterday, I uh, cut out a little early because they have this big air show that the Air Force puts on, and it's mm-hmm. over the beach, and it's quite beautiful. I sent you a picture mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And so I go there, and I have a couple, I'm here. Where are you at? And I said, I don't know. Where are you at? And we were literally uh, two feet from each other texting. So that's a cute, adorable story. Um <laughs> Now I forget exactly why I was telling that story, other than how adorable it was. Um, and actually, now I really think about it, that story sucked and was kind of lame. Um, but what, what, what was I talking about? Well, what, what we were talking about was that you feel kind of strange. You feel kind of strange. Let, let me oh, tell you. Oh, 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 I remember. So I talked, to him, I talked to him really quickly. I talked to him about the game. He's a big Dodger fan. He goes, this has been the weirdest year I can remember since 88. And it's just like, we didn't like the team. Kershaw's out for two months. Eight games back, you know, at the All-Star break or six and a half, I think, when they finally went down. It's just really, we shouldn't have beat the Nationals in game five, but we did. I don't know. So we're just not as crazy nervous as we normally be, but who knows? Well, it's interesting because... You know, we, we talked about the Cubs a lot during the season, and, and they, they were really good, and they had some struggles, and then they finished really strong, won over 100 games. I was reading an article, and I just, I just pulled it up, but it's talking about um, how the, the best teams rarely, the teams with the best records rarely win the World Series in baseball. And they're just kind of talking about why, and they, 
they throw out some interesting percentages um, because they go and they talk about, um, you know, in the NFL, um, 31% under the current uh, playoff format win the, the best team, you know, with the best record wins. Right. And, and in the NBA, it's 48%. And at NHL, it's, it's 31%. Well, since, since the, over the last 30 years, only twice has a team with the best record won the World Series. It's just kind of weird why. Now, they talk about, and Joe Torrey's in this article, they're talking about, well, because you don't get enough reward for being great, meaning you win, you know, you win your division, you have the best record, you get home field advantage. But, but he thinks it can actually be a little bit of a disadvantage to have home field. Unlike other sports, you know, in, in football, you know, it's really, really loud and, and it's hard to call plays and it's hard to, you, you know, hear mm-hmm. when you're trying to communicate. And, and you know, basketball, yeah, you know, it, it's pretty loud. And again, though, these guys are just out, out playing. I don't, I don't know, but he thinks that, you know, you go into, let's say L.A. goes into Chicago, the home team actually has the pressure because – they almost have to win their two games at home. They're expected yeah. to win. Well, I, I, I've always thought that it was the for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you have a great number five pitcher, well, let's not say great. Let's say, um, who's your number five and 16? Like PV? Didn't you have PV come in and kind of uh-huh. take over the number uh-huh. five role? Yeah. Okay. PV as the number five is going to win 75% of his games. Right, because mm-hmm. he's going against journeymen or guys that right. just got called up or whatever, and so that is a huge bonus. They've got, uh, you know, but when you're when you're so you're so when you're playing the Giants uh, that way, that's one thing. But when Bumgarner's going to pitch three times in seven days, uh-huh. that number five doesn't matter. The number four doesn't really even matter right. anymore. Now, so. It, it doesn't not just reward. That's why I always thought that they should play the playoffs every single day or maybe have one one break. Right, right. Because that forces you to have the best team. Not the. I mean, as much crap as I give you for the Giants, and I always said the only team that had a worse offense that won a World Series was the Dodgers in 88. <laughs> and Kershaw, or sorry, Hershiser yeah. pitched three times in those seven right, days. Right, and. And is this nothing you could do? He was so locked in. As great as Bumgarner is, he might even been better that year in in the postseason. He was so locked in. There was nothing the A's and nothing the Mets could do about it. And they had to face him three times. That just meant one of the other yokels just had to go out there and get one win. Right. And, and, and so and I think kinda, that's part of it. It kind of was unlucky because of that for the Dodgers, because Kershaw had to pitch in Game Five of the um, right National League, you know, against the Nationals, and and. Had he been able to come in and pitch games one, four, and seven, you know, the Cubs are thinking, okay, well, not only do we have to win every other game, but we have to beat him once, right? Yeah, and then the, and then you start getting pressure, and that goes back to if you have a good reliever and you start mm-hmm. playing a game that you don't really play with. But the one thing that was really big, and I think we discussed it, but not on the pod, was the Gonzalez thing. So Gonzalez in game four, Dodgers got momentum up the mm-hmm. yin-yang going into that. Gonzalez goes in and by all intents and purposes according to video shows that he scored but for some reason they thought that he might not have or i don't know something so dodgers are going to go up one nothing in game four and you could see the cubs is like oh my gosh it is done anyways they reverse it the cubs get all excited dodgers go into a weird funk and you know cubs end up winning that game and then cubs up winning 
the next game. Well, so it just I may have tweeted it, something it about that. I don't I don't You might have. I, I yeah. may have. I'm not sure. By the way, if anyone wants to know what Mark is really thinking, just go to his Twitter. For some reason that's your truth serum. <laughs> so you get on our pod. So on the pod you'll say, Oh, I don't know about the Giants. I don't think that they can win it. And next thing you know, you go to your Twitter and it's like, which shirt am I gonna wear today? Hashtag greatest team ever. Hashtag I'm the best. Hashtag Dodgers suck. Hashtag Jimmy's a queer. And then on the pod, it's like, hey, buddy, what's up? <laughs> no, 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 it's not like that at all. No, it's not like that. You know, sometimes I just need to, you know, I feel like people need to, you know, just have both sides of the story, you know, with when Adrian Gonzalez. And, and actually, it's interesting in that article I was talking about, it talks about, there's, there's one of the headlines in it, the sub headlines, it says one pitch, one bounce, one call, one play. And that, and you think about that, that's exactly right. And that call is reversed, the pressure, because then after, in that article right before that, it talks about how much the pressure, how, how, how much pressure there is. And, and so it goes and talks to some, some former players who came in and, and felt that pressure and how amazing these professionals that you mm-hmm. know, play baseball every day, how what that level of pressure when they step onto that field and the tension and I think it's different, you know. In basketball, you're running around, you're sweating, you're 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 you know. What I mean, you're you're, you're it's yeah. I think actions. only golf. I think only golf and like the Ryder yes. Cup has the same. Yes. Where you're sitting there, you're th- you're taking that walk. I mean, think about it. you're out in right field. How many balls do you get hit? How many does Puig see in a game? Like six, maybe right. at, on a high end. Right. You're only active six out of a hundred and well, if you count. Relievers, what, 150, 160 pitches? Six of those pitches you're going you're gonna to actually have a play on. And you're just thinking about it over and over again. Exactly. And, and like you said earlier, you know, it's, it's October. The playoffs, MLB sets it up differently. And, and, and just going back to this, because it really talks about exactly what we're saying. But John Smoltz says that, that it's a different season. You might as well just play baseball totally different. He said, I get the complexities of some of it, but there are too many off days. And you don't utilize your roster the way you would in 162 games. You would never be able to pitch your closer three innings and come back the next day and even think about using him. And that, right. that, that's the thing. They should make it more like, look, you, they, they're trying to spread it out so they can get better ratings. They can make more money. It ends up being 32 degrees game five of the World Series or earlier mm-hmm. because, because of the weather. And you have a team that is made to win 162 games, possibly, but just just like that, they come into the playoffs, and it's a completely different season. I think that they should right. change it. Well, even think about Cleveland. So Cleveland got home field advantage, and they pitched all their big dogs in the final week. Think about if all those big dogs had to pitch again, you know, starting Tuesday after the wild card game. Right. And think about the Giants, if they had – Bumgarner in game on Sunday, and then Monday they have another game. Right. Right. So does Bumgarner have to go again, or no? He would actually have only had two days rest because I think he pitched Friday because they probably set up for him pitching in that wild card game. And so now, I don't care how good Bumgarner is, he can't pitch eight right. times in ten days. Well, and so just said just like you said, would the Indians be in the World Series if they hadn't been able to use Andrew Miller? Uh, you right. know, uh, six. Multi-inning bullpen appearances, totaling 171 pitches in the same bull postseason. Then it says, would Dodgers be playing if Kenley Jansen hadn't shown up no, around at no the way. start of the seventh inning? 
you know, and it's just crazy. So it changes, and and that's that's the only sport really, if you think about it, that it really has that significant of a difference in the postseason because baseball is the only game that one guy, one guy. I mean, you can have the best running back in the world have a great game, but right. he, he's not one. He's not one guy that's going to shut down the opposing team. Right. For nine if the, if the offensive score. line, if the offensive line is not doing their part. You can have a, you know, Dickerson, Adrian, uh, you know, Peterson. You could have a the great, you know, Tim Brown, not Tim Brown, uh, Jim Brown. You could get the greatest man-made human back there, and if the offensive line is not doing their thing, he's done. They're, the running back is useless at that right. point. Right. In baseball, Kershaw or Hendrick can go out there and just be like, today's my day, I'm giving up three run- three hits. And all we have to do is scratch out, just scratch out one run yeah. on a error and two bunts. On a, or, you on know, a just home whatever. run by Cody Ross. I always go back to yeah. that, you know, on a home run by Baez, you know, one swing, you know, on, there, there's, it, it changes a lot. Well, we will see tonight's game six and uh, Kershaw, the way he's been throwing, uh, looks like there'll be a game seven, I'm sure. Well, you got to remember, Hendrick only gave up <laughs> like four hits in that game and one was a home run by Gonzalez. Yeah. So, and his ERA for somehow, he must have always pitched when the wind was blowing in is like 1.3 at Wrigley. Oh. So, that's the one thing where I'm a little like if it was uh Arietta pitching today or someone else against Kershaw, I'd really be like, "All right, this one we're we're moving to game 7." Yeah. However, here's my theory or here's my thing. The Cubs don't win game 7. Cubs can win today. Cubs don't win Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Just as I felt that if the Giants would end up holding on to that seventeen-run lead in the ninth inning, the Giants were going to win that Game Five. I'm totally all in that somehow the Cubs will blow it in Game yeah. Five or Game Seven. seven. Okay, there's a so, lot more pressure. That's on my game only prediction. Seven. A lot yeah. more pressure on Game Seven for the Cubs to win that game than there is Game Six because people aren't expecting, and that might work to to their advantage actually because everyone's saying. Kershaw again, they're not going to win. Yeah. Um, oh, I got one other thing I got to ask you because you're you're the you're the guy that's coaching in and all these oh, baseball yeah. stuff. So, Lester, as we know, can't hold a guy in first base. Uh-huh. So the Dodgers go to their little mind games, and on the very first batter, they have Kiki Hernandez, your boy. Uh-huh. Keep pretending he's going to bunt, and there was some things showing that if you show that you're going to bunt, Lester throws a strike ten percent of the time. Mm. So. Even Gonzalez was faking bunting. They're all doing it. So Kike Hernandez gets on, man on first. He takes a 16-foot lead and then doesn't steal second base. And then the next guy singles, the next guy hits a fly ball to deep right. So instead of being up one nothing, Kike Hernandez is sitting at second base or uh-huh. something when they finally got out. Uh-huh. Why would the Dodgers not send Kike Hernandez? He's not. He's fast. He's not like he's. It's not Adrian Gonzalez. Um, I have no idea. Did you watch? I, the, yeah. Did you see that at all? I didn't see that, but I know Lester never throws the first. And actually, Chase and I were watching a little bit of it last night. We were we were at the BYU game, uh, so we watched a little bit of it in fast speed last night. And and there was one part where I think it was Seeger or maybe Patterson that was eighteen feet off of first base. Yeah. And they still wouldn't steal. Pedersen was in a position like you'd take off at a like Usain Bolt. Like he was yeah. in a position of yeah. running. I don't understand that. I don't understand why everybody doesn't steal 
on on Lester because as soon as he starts going now, maybe his delivery to home is really quick. It has to be, right? His delivery right, to home but, would have to be quick. But if you have an eighteen foot lead, right, you are Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't get that. I, I, I don't Turner I don't and know. Kendrick both stole bases off him easily. It, I, it was. I'm wondering if there was a thing where maybe he pitches worse if there's a guy on first. I don't know mm-hmm. what their brain, but that every walk should be a double. Well, I just think it's gay, it's good sportsmanship. I think that he struggles <laughs> throwing to first, and so the Dodger players, who usually aren't known for good sportsmanship, oh come said, on, you know Puig, we're not going to run on you because we don't want to show you up. You know, maybe that's maybe that's what the deal is. So and not only were they not running, but they were <coughs> leaning back towards first base. So I would rather be three feet off running with the pitch, or at that's least weird. you know taking off yeah. than leaning back. That that takes all your. It, why are you leaning I mean, back? Why I don't know. he hasn't thrown over there? Has he thrown over there one time <laughs> this year? No, they bunted once. Pedersen bunted, and uh, he picked it up and threw a two hopper to first base. The Lester because he doesn't know how to throw to first base. <laughs> it's incredible. Thing. So he throws a two hopper. Then he looks back at the Dodger dugout like, "What? You going to try to do this on me?" I'm like, <laughs> "Did you just throw a two hopper?" <laughs> yes, of course we are. You idiot. Well, okay, well, well, we got, you know, it's a busy, active weekend, a lot of sports going on. I just want to touch on two other things real quick. All right, I found out we do have some email, I checked. Oh, okay, very good. All I right. didn't know if maybe you had kind of turned off all technology. <laughs> I thought about it. That Thursday but... night was, was a really bad night for, for me. And, that was uh, double worse, bad. Double bad for you. And so, so um, the, the BYU-Boise State game, the, the weirdest thing, and, you know, I love – the, the, the program, I love the coaching staff, what they're doing. I understand that when you come in, it's hard to, um, you know, to really, you know, you're establishing an entirely new offense. But, but at what point, and, and I'm not saying I'm for or against this, I'm just saying at what point do you think we've lost games now, you know, we're probably going to qualify. They have some, some games that you, they should win and qualify for the bowl game. At what point do you start work building for next year and saying, let's get, you know, let's get Mangum, who was freshman, you know, All-American uh, in there and getting him some reps as, as opposed to Hill. Now, I'm not saying it's all Hill's fault at all. You know, he had at least three or four drops uh, that, that were critical point, taking away points from BYU type of drops. Yeah, well, one of, well, there's two of them, and it was Kurtz. Mm-hmm. Is that his name, Kurtz? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of them was on a Hail Mary that was in his hand, and all he had to do was uh, – just actually use maybe 3% of his muscle capacity to just hang on to it. Uh-huh. The other was a three-point at least that he uh, dropped a pass going over the middle that there was no one in sight. He would at least gotten a field goal range. Okay, so let me ask you something but, about that. And, and, and yeah. I agree. Those are, now, here, here's the thing that's so disappointing. You and I are as, as fanatical as it gets with our teams, right? We, right. we, we really, uh, to, to a point that our wives many, many times have called us crazy yes. and gotten upset at us for throwing remotes, using words probably not appropriate for children and, you know, yeah. stuff like PG-13. that. Yeah, PG-13. Yes, PG-13 for sure, plus. But, um, <laughs> what, you know, the, the thing that is so maddening to me is you got a kid like Kurtz. You know, number one, we know he's not trying to drop the ball, okay? He's trying to right. catch it. He wants to be a hero. You know, number two, the coaches are not putting the guys out there that they think are going to lose the game for them. They are obviously putting guys out there that they want to win the game. So why, 
how, how unbelievable is it that you have these idiot fans now with Twitter that, that not only do they tweet something out rude about this, this kid, but they tweet something and they tag him on it. They tweet, it's like sending a, a really rude email about, about your family and you copy you know, the family member who you're talking about. Well, I don't, I've, I've never in my life, right, ever, 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 like, I could go off on Buster Posey, who, you know, I dislike immensely, I would never at him, like, maybe I'd, if it was something funny that he did something stupid, uh-huh, uh-huh. I would send it to you, at you, and then at the Giants, but never him, I'd be, like, horrified that he would read, like, who's this idiot guy that's coming at me when I'm, you know doing the best I can. So it's well, and it's, just, I don't get you that. Know, some other guy uh, tweeted out something about boy, wish taste would have a season ending injury, you know, so we could put, and it's just easy idiots. It's just, it gives your school a bad name and number and, and number two, I mean, look, every fan base has idiots, but it's just, it's really one of those things that it's just has changed a lot around uh, sporting events. And so, you know, like you said, there, there were some very big drops, there were some plays, but but our offense, outside even of those drops, our offense, you know, Jamal Williams uh, tweaked his ankle uh, in pregame. And this is one time that I could say, you have one of the top three running backs in the country in that game that Jamal is. I mean, he is a great running back. You know, BYU wins that game. Now, I'm not even saying do they still deserve to. You know, they, you know, boys. I, think- I understand what you're saying, but I do think that uh, Canada rushed really well. So hats off to him. Squally did very well. I agree 100%. Squally did very well, but there were a number of plays that that Squally was just not on the level of Jamal yet. Maybe he will be. You know, he's not as big and physical as as Jamal, but you're right. Squally ran really hard, and I like him. He's going to be a really good running back, but Jamal's kind of one of those talents that, you know, he he really, any play, he can make that one more guy miss and and really have uh, yardage. So, that obviously was very disappointing. Um, Boise State fans were, you know, okay, that stadium uh, is small. It fits 35,000 people. I felt like I was back in, uh, you know, Utah's stadium. Romney? Yeah. And, and, um, and so that was Maverick. it. Maverick. Can you call it by its real name now? I just found out last night it's called Maverick Stadium. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, we have some people. See, when you live in Huntington Beach, it's called the destination city, Marcus. <laughs> we have people that we've never met in our lives. Uh, my uncle's brother said that you live in Huntington. Can I come spend the night? And, of course, being a sweetheart of a man that I am, I'm like, yeah, why not? I don't care. It's not a Dodger game night. I might have had to rethink that. But So we have uh, basically a halfway house for people hmm. and um, basically kind of how I use your house for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, now that I think back on it. Um, but, yeah, so they were from uh, the lady, some three women. Then when this one lady uh, taught it, uh, Utah State, and I said, "Yeah, you know what? I actually like Romney Stadium." And she's like, "No, no, it's Maverick now." And I was like, "Corporate sellouts." Wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> Utah State Stadium is Maverick Stadium. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said I thought you meant Utah. Oh no, you said Utah State. Yeah. Well, I felt like I felt like Utah State, but also Utah. The days. Well, Utah. What do like they hold? 20, they got twenty three thousand Utah. I think nineteen thousand. Standing room only is maybe twenty. 21 but um wow that's awesome congrats but, you know, the other the other thing about tweeting and then we'll get to your uh, emails is that uh um you know it's funny because 
somebody tweets out, uh, there's a kid that committed to BYU. And Utah finally offered him. He's a local kid, really big offensive lineman. And so BYU offers him. And a BYU, excuse me, Utah offers him, but a BYU recruiting service called Total Blue Sports. It's a really good recruiting service. They tweet that Utah offered this kid. And their comment was, Utah said they weren't going to offer him because he committed to BYU, but I guess the poll was too great, meaning they're going to go try to get him, even though he committed to BYU. So then you look down all the messages on Twitter, and you have about 27 Utah fans tweeting things. Oh, yeah, go go to BYU if you want to play in the Mountain West. Go to BYU if you want to play for TV ratings. You know, crap like that. So one guy, after about 15 tweets, one guy says, or go to BYU if you want a better life, right? It's a BYU fan. <laughs> yeah. So now, of course, now all the you tweets. Now it's tweet. on. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, there you have it. I was waiting for the, the, the self-righteous tweet. Oh, yeah, that's typical BYU. That's why everyone hates BYU. And I'm sitting there thinking, typical? What's typical is every time somebody tweets about BYU, you get 25 Utah fans tweeting about it. <laughs> that's what's typical. I never, yeah. I don't even read Utah Twitter. I never respond to you idiot Twitter. I, I couldn't time. care less about it. So, so anyway, it's just, it's, it's so funny. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we can get into that. We can go find our favorite tweets, but the funny thing is, and, and, you know, there's a big announcement on Monday that, that the big 12 proves that they are absolutely insane and that they're not going to expand. And they act like they're, they, they act like they're that, that person that's handsome, smart, intelligent, has everything going on, when in reality, um, they're just uh, not looking in the mirror because... Yeah, they, they remind me of uh, back when American Idol was a thing, where this kid would get up there and he's just horrible, and you're like, didn't anyone tell him? And then exactly. the guys, you know, be like, oh, no, my mom, you know, they're, cause they're trying to be over-encouraged. My mom said I'm the greatest ever. Right, right, and, exactly. And for... And so... You know, I understand Texas. I understand Oklahoma thinking it over or doing But if you're Iowa State, Iowa State, are you listening? This is directly to you, Boone, Iowa, where I live for three months. You will not be taken with you. They're not taking you with no. them when they leave. Your only chance to be in a Power Five was to bring BYU in. You should have been begging. Uh, same with you, Kansas State. Same with you, Kansas. Yeah, I know you got to basketball team but you can you know so does gonzaga you don't need to be in a power five all these crap schools in there you should have been dying to make this thing 12 and lock everybody in texas and oklahoma are going to go to the pac 12 and you're going to be sitting there holding the bag and begging byu at that point well idiots and think of and what's so funny the irony here this is not funny but it was all these student unions that were writing letters about how byu is not tolerant how they treat you know, the LGBTQGI, whatever. So I read an article in Sports Illustrated just a few days ago talking about two uh, uh, women rowers that went to uh, Kansas. I believe it was Kansas. I probably should make sure, but Kansas or Kansas State that actually got raped by, sexually abused by a guy on the football team. And the way that the school has handled it has been unbelievable. They didn't press charges. The guy left school they had no support from their coaches they've been verbally abused they've been ridiculed all these different things with with a lot of uh, facts that that it actually did happen 
So, so student unions, why don't you turn your attention to your own schools and see how your own schools are treating situations like this, you know, before you, uh, before you cast that first stone. Every school yeah. has issues that they have. To One word. With. One word. Baylor. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Right. Thanks exactly. for coming. All right, BYU. You should be dying to have them. You should. But it's be. not going to happen. No. Whatever. So, it's, so that, it's done. That was disappointing. But at the same time, BYU, and some BYU fans will, will disagree with, with this, the problem has not been independence. Yes, it's great to play for a conference championship. The biggest thing is not having that money to fund your athletic department that you get in a P5 conference. BYU can be extremely successful as an independent if they put together a magical year once every three or four years. That's all. That's Bronco's problem is he didn't do that. We've discussed this. If BYU were 6-0 and right now, and they were ranked in the top 10, which they would be, Boise's whatever they're on their 14th, and they didn't well, BYU, yeah, close. BYU would have had wins against, uh, well, Arizona, no. So uh, they would be top five because they would have beaten five top 20 teams. Right, right, and they've lost the three top 20 teams. Yeah, West Virginia. So West Virginia lost by two, right, three. or one. No, I thought we were. I thought a field goal would have won it. No, no that was just tied it. Yeah. Okay. U- University of Utah won. UCLA three. Yep. And then uh, Boise State won. Boise State won, and then somebody else. Well, you had so you had West Virginia three. You had UCLA three. You had Utah and Boise by one. Oh, they only have four losses. Four okay. Losses. So that's eight points. So. You get eight points. Now you're in easily in yeah. the in the uh, in the top ten, probably closer to top but, five. But but they so so what you need to do is you just need to go make it. Obviously, you need to go make it happen. Who knows what's going to happen with realignment? You know, if if Texas and Oklahoma went to the Pac-12, uh, you know, maybe they try to get Nebraska and and somebody else. But but I think after this exercise, you you the the numbers are clear, and even the numbers. From ESPN, I saw this thing the other day that said BYU played seven nationally televised games and their viewership was like triple what Utah's has been, meaning that's for the team that's tied for first in the Pac-12 South. Uh, unbelievable that they are. How Well, it's, it's not going to last. They suck. So. So, so, but, but it's just interesting. They get the exposure. They get the, you know, and the thing that's unique about BYU, I have my ninth grade basketball and baseball coach sent me a message during the game of Facebook that said, great game. You and your family have turned me into a BYU fan. We love BYU. <laughs> it's like, nice. this guy in Northern California, I haven't talked to in years, was one of my favorite coaches, really good guy. And I just thought that was funny. But that kind of exposure you can get if you're BYU, you know, and, and, and it's just interesting that, that, you know, it's not that you're not in a conference. It's just that, that we got to go out and we got to win those games instead of losing them by one point. Yeah, you got to win them. And then part two is the, the bummer in the conference is that you don't get the extra game, A. And B, you have to work your butt off. Poor Holmo has to work his butt yeah. off trying to schedule, you know, because guys, once they're in the season, they don't want to play. You know, Oklahoma would love to play us game one or two, but if we're already playing – West Virginia and Arizona in game one and two, then Oklahoma's like, no, we, we're getting to the meat of our schedule. We don't want to play BYU in November. So that's right. why 
if you look at the right. back end of our schedule, it's not as meaty as this front end. So, well, and, right, and just I real got, quickly, uh, yeah, go ahead. Real quick, before we hop into emails, real quick, and you get on to your earthquake pre- prevention. Yeah, that's uh, what happens seminar. in California. Um, next year, open up at Houston Stadium against LSU. Play that one team from Salt Lake City the next game. Then play Wisconsin in Provo. Then play at Utah State. Play Boise State in Provo. Play Mississippi State at Starkville. Yikes. Uh, and then play um, East Carolina at home. And then it's your San Jose, Fresno, UNLV, UMass, Hawaii. So, yes, yeah, you have same thing. teams there. But, but still, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, six uh, good name uh, games. Yep. What they need to try to do is get a, and then we'll go right to the emails, but they got to get a Notre Dame kind of team locked in every year. Yes, because Notre, yes. cause Notre Dame, because we could play them at the end of the year. I know Notre Dame every other year will play at SC, and I know they mm-hmm. play Stanford every year late. Uh, but we need to get that going. And people don't like to go into Notre Dame at the end of the year because it's freezing cold. But if we get like a five-year deal, three there, two here, that would help. Because what's going to happen if we do win all those? Let's say everything worked out. We, we won those first six games. We'll be in the top five, and then we'll be – after in the next four games, we're going to go to six to seven to nine and end up at, you know, 10 or 11, yeah. which isn't bad. But at that point, you can't be like, they're going to be like, oh, you're playing podunk you. And you're like, yeah, kind of. But it's not our fault. No one will take us. So, Well, All I just right. wanted but, to say that the good news is, is the Big Ten has added um, Fresno State as a Power Five opponent. They're going to count Fresno State as a Power Five opponent. The Big Ten has just just so you know. Well, that's where the greatest quarterback to ever play came from, so I would too. Okay, All so right. we got emails. All right, let me go to these quick because uh, I'm five minutes away from making sure everyone in my Huntington. I only have to find out if 385 people are alive in about okay. 10 minutes. That's so. not bad. That's not bad. No, that's how we do. All right. Uh, hey, guys, guess who learned how to pitch in the playoffs? Sincerely, Clayton Kershaw. All right. Uh, next one. That's weird. A guy who got caught trying to pick us up got fired for not making good decisions as a general manager. Sincerely, transvestite hookers. And that was about Dave Stewart getting fired from Arizona D-Bags. Oh, yeah. I'll read it again. So this is for for Dave Stewart. That's weird. A guy who got caught trying to pick us up got fired for not making good decisions as a GM. (laughs) Sincerely, transvestite hookers. That's for all my 1980 and 81 uh, Dodger fans. All right. Trevor Bauer is a wuss. I once saved 100 prisoners in Da Nang prison while bleeding from every orifice of my body. Sincerely, Jack Bauer. Did um, you see Trevor Bauer's finger? Um, yeah, saw it and didn't, didn't really like what I saw. <laughs> okay, the next two are about that, then we'll move on. We'll close the back. Man, Trevor Bauer's finger is messed up, man. I've never seen anything like that. Sincerely, Jason Paul Pierre. Or Pierre yeah. Paul. <laughs> okay. okay. And then the last one, that is definitely catch up on his on Bauer's finger. Oh, Sincerely, yeah. Kurt Schilling. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> and well, his, listen, uh, those are those are good ones. Yeah. I'm just surprised they're not more Dodger heavy because our mailbag seems to always do that. Uh, yeah. You know when when, when <laughs> the Dodger playing, but you know, good luck to you, but not to your team. And good, good luck, luck to me to, uh, and my SC, team. Good SC, luck to America. As he plays who today? 
they're off. So it's oh, a, off. I'll you... be uh, doing something I don't do often. I'll keep with my Dodger colored blue. I will add a little gold to it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be rooting for that team in Pasadena as Absolutely. they take on the deep, horrible red. Is it so at hopefully, UCLA? It's at UCLA. But, of course, because Utah made a deal on the mm-hmm. Ouija board. I know. Um, they went ahead and did this thing called... Uh, the number one quarterback in the nation, Ooh. according to all the big dogs. Oh, uh, yeah, he'll probably be hurt. He, so he's he missed not last play. game. He's not well, play. we don't know, but even if he does, he's not going to be even close to 100%. Well, listen, so all, it's, Utah's it's Ouija like, board though, dude, continues. It's almost like going when Kershaw's throwing, you just got to eke out a run or two. Utah's offense yeah. is horrible. UCLA just has to eke out a couple yeah. touchdowns, and, and they should be fine. And to close... Uh, Pac-12 late night, whatever they call that last night, Cal, Oregon. That was quite an entertaining Who game. ended up winning? I saw they were getting killed, and then as I went to bed, I saw it was tied. Overtime. Or Actually, it was overtime. It was double overtime. And uh, Oregon uh, had an open receiver, and uh, Cal kicked a field goal, and Oregon had an open receiver, and Yonder threw it a little bit, and a linebacker picked it off for Cal. My Golden Bears. My Golden Bears. Mm. The Oregon Ducks. And with that, we'll uh, – Hey, oh, wait. What, one quick question. Can you name a player on your Golden Bears? Oh, many. Wab, the quarterback. Muhammad, the <laughs> running back. All um, right, you got lucky. Any, All uh, right, very good. <laughs> so, I don't know anybody on that team. <laughs> All right. Well, Jimmy, good. have a great weekend. We will uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. And, and uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And, of course, Zotes is our sponsor. Zotes.com. DC is doing something today. I'm sure very, very fun. Thanks to DC for putting it together. And, and we uh, have another marketing guru we just bought on, brought on board uh, this past week. That will uh, that, that's uh, going to really get the word out, Jimmy Boy. I know that uh, you heard about that, and uh, yeah, very, very excited. So you go have a great day in HB, and I'll have you know it's actually going to be seventy four degrees today here in Utah. So, so nice. you can't hold the weather the weather card over us today. I I wish it was seventy four. It's going to be a horrible hot eighty three. Oh, okay. But I'll be at the beach, baby. You know it. <laughs> All right. Air All right. Show. So we'll we'll talk to everyone and and uh, and. Uh, this uh, next week should be a, should be a good review of what happens this weekend. Curse. <laughs>